What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. This is Lift and Learn, Episode 9. In this episode, I'll be breaking down how to get better at a certain lift and the importance of fiber in your diet. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon. And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into the episode. So this week has actually been completely different from last week. So out of nowhere, we've just been experiencing good weather all of a sudden. I went out a few times this week, saw some friends one night. We ended up going bowling. I played surprisingly well. Actually, we all ended up playing pretty well, to be honest. So that was probably our best session yet. I think it's I think it's time to find a bowling league. Me and my me and my boys keep joking that we're going to enter like a bowling league, but who knows if we'll actually ever do it. Besides that, I ended up getting all my walks in this week, thankfully. And along with a tennis session, actually, which was great. Looks like my few weeks of practicing with the wall at the courts really paid off, but my backhand still needs some work. I played with my buddy who, I mean, he smoked me, let's be honest. But I was able to win a few sets, which is an accomplishment for now. Next year, I'm going to be incorporating some of that into my weekly routine as a form of cardio, along with probably some track work, I'm thinking. Next year, I plan on working on some explosive movements, probably getting into like some sprinting or some lateral movements too, since my movement nowadays is basically just walking, since sports were just out of the question this year, unfortunately. So gym situation, oh yeah, let's talk about that too. I was so excited last week that they'd actually be opening after 28 days of closure. Well, they kind of opened up. I was hoping that I'd be back to my regular lifestyle, but I'm still not really able to train clients in the gym right now because of certain restrictions, which is fine for now. The gym I usually go to decided to stay closed for the time being because of these new restrictions. So in my area, the government have said that the gyms and a bunch of other places, they can open now, but there's a new limit of just 10 people indoors, which is ridiculous. As a result, most gyms decided to stay closed because it doesn't really make sense to open up when there's only going to be 10 people inside. But I did end up finding somewhere to work out, thankfully. I found a Planet Fitness open near me, about 15 minutes away, and I've been working out there for a week now. At least I found one open. Honestly, it's better than nothing, but leg days just don't hit the same. Although I was still sore from a session that included multiple sets of squatting in the Smith machine. (laughs) Planet Fitness seems to have taken their measures a little bit more serious now, actually. First off, now I need to call ahead and sign up to schedule a workout, which is annoying, but not that big of a deal. 
since I work out at 5 a.m. and at this location, the limit indoors is 50 people and not 10. There already aren't any squat racks or benches to actually bench press properly, but they do have Smith machines, like I said. I know, I know. It's desperate times, though. So I was squatting in the Smith machine. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even say it without laughing. Okay, so I was squatting in the Smith machine, which is kind of awkward, but it'll be the best substitute that I can do for now. The space inside is already limited, and there's not really enough space to even do something like walking lunges, which I would probably do. So this specific gym has four Smith machines, but every other machine is off limits because of social distancing rules or whatever. So they only have two usable Smith machines along with three benches where the dumbbells or the free weight area is. So when I got in the gym at 5 a.m., it was tough at first because as soon as I'd show up, the Smith machines and the benches were already taken. So I had to improvise with basically every workout this week. But I'm making it work for now, and I'm glad at least that I have access to some kind of gym. There's only so much I can do at my home gym area. Also, I got kicked out a few times this week at the gym. <laughs> I swear it wasn't my fault. It wasn't because of the, uh, what is that called? The lunk alarm? No, it wasn't because of that. It was actually because I was spending more than like 60 minutes because they have like a new 60 minute limit rule. So I got kicked out usually at the 70 minute mark, but I'm not going to complain to the employee or whatever and argue with them. They probably make minimum wage there, so they're just doing their job listening to the guidelines or whatever. I'm sure they have enough problems with other members who aren't as respectable. I'm not going to complain since they're open and I'm able to work out there and I don't want to abuse that, you know. Question 1. How to get better at a certain lift? Now, getting better at a lift could mean a few things. Better could mean increasing weight on an exercise, but it could also mean better as in, I want to barbell squat, but I currently can't squat properly. Now, you have to figure out which category you fall under when thinking about exactly what it means when it comes to getting better at a lift. Now, if we're talking about increasing weight or getting better at the form of a certain exercise, then a solution could be to increase the amount of times you do the exercise, aka increase the frequency. This is one of the things I learned when I did years of a push-pull leg split. When I switched to an upper-lower split, the strength in my lifts actually went up faster than usual. That's because with an upper-lower split, you're now rowing or benching or squatting three times a week as opposed to two times a week. So if you're trying to get better at a lift, and by better this could also mean improving your form, this could be a method to try out. Let's take, for example, if you want to improve your incline bench press. And I chose this example because this is exactly what I've been doing for the second half of 2020 when the gyms have been open. So I wanted my incline bench to improve both form-wise and strength-wise. So what I did was tailored my routine to my goals. And that meant programming incline bench press into my routine more than just once every two weeks which is what it's been like for the past few years. My new program now has me doing incline bench press twice a week, and that's caused both my form and my strength to improve at the same time. Of course, you do this whole process very slowly. If you're doing things properly, your form should be better than ever, and you should be stronger than ever. For me, I stuck to this plan for three or four months, and I ended up finally achieving a 225 pound. That's a two-plate incline barbell bench, which is a great achievement so far. 
but I'm looking forward to hitting even more strength goals while maintaining good form throughout all my exercises. Another example of this is when a few years ago I would go to the gym twice a day on most days because I would go during the day for my normal routine. Then at night I either had a client to train or I had a partner to train with and for those nightly sessions I actually didn't lift heavy weight or do any compound movements. Personally, when I looked at myself in the mirror, I really wanted to make my shoulders bigger. So I would use those nighttime sessions to do about 5-10 to 10 sets of lateral raises, and that actually worked when I looked at myself a month later. Those extra sets I did added up weekly, and I was doing up to 40 sets per week more than what I'd usually do. So of course that brought up my lateral delts during that time. Now what exactly happened here? Well, I upped the amount of volume I was doing. That lateral delt muscle had to work harder during this month than it ever had to before when I wasn't doing the nightly lateral delt sessions. Now, there's of course a limit to how much volume you should train your muscles, but doing more is usually going to give you more benefit until you get to the point of overtraining. In this case, I brought up my lagging body part by hitting it more often. And that's the same thing with a lift you're trying to improve. If you're trying to improve a lift, then you have to do it more often which translates to practicing it more often. So let's say you're trying to get better at pull-ups. The best thing that would help you is to simply do more pull-ups. When you're trying to improve at anything, no matter what it is, the solution is usually to practice that skill as much as you can. Yes, lat pull-downs and rows may translate to getting you better at pull-ups, but it won't help you improve on your pull-ups as much as doing and actually practicing pull-ups would. Now, if you struggle to get even one pull-up at this point, then you have to work on doing a simplified version of the pull-up. That could mean you do the assisted pull-up machine at the gym, or you do what I recently told one of my clients to do. This client happened to have a pull-up bar at home, so I told her to just practice it throughout the day. At first, that might mean stepping on a stool and just working on the negative portion of the pull-up if they're really difficult for you. Working on a negative in this case means slowing down the movement when you're on the way down. So for this, you can step on a stool or jump up to the bar and then just work on that negative portion of the lift. So you're lowering down slowly or fighting gravity as much as you can. That'll be a good way to get used to holding onto your body weight in a pull-up because for most people, that's difficult already. You can progress to doing banded chin-ups where you tie a resistance band from the pull-up bar to underneath your foot and that'll give you some extra help. You'll see that over time, your body will improve in every single way when it comes to the pull-up. For push-ups, you can start on your knees if the traditional method is too difficult for you. Yeah, you can use a chest press machine, but the only way to actually get good at a specific exercise, in this case, a push-up, is to actually do a push-up or an easier variation of the push-up, if that's where your fitness level is at that point. So if your goal is an upcoming push-up competition, or you want to get to 60 push-ups in a minute, for example, then the best way to do that is to actually practice doing the exact movement. If you want to do 60 push-ups in a minute, that means doing a push-up every second for 60 seconds, obviously. So you'd time yourself and try to beat your time every session, and reflect on if you're making progress week by week or month by month. Over time, if you're getting 60 push-ups within 2 minutes, then after a month, it only takes you 90 seconds, or a minute and a half, to do 60 push-ups, then it's a clear sign that you've made some progress. And ultimately, you're closer to your 60 push-ups a minute goal. 
So another example that I just thought of could be if you want to climb up a big hill. And I actually bring this up because I live across a park which has a huge hill that's big enough to be used for tobogganing in the wintertime. But during the summer, I walk around in that area and I see people struggling to run up to the top. Now, in this case, it makes sense that you'll have to start practicing on smaller hills and then eventually work up to this bigger hill. And then when you get to the biggest hill, maybe for the first few sessions, you do maybe just half of it and then slowly work your way to the top after a few weeks instead of just deciding to go all the way up to the top the first time. I mean, think about the people who climbed Mount Everest. I guarantee it's not their first time doing a mountain climb. So take your own fitness level into account here. When I was asking a client once about his previous fitness history, he mentioned that he tried doing the stairs in his condo for a week until he had to go to the hospital actually a few weeks later. When I asked why, he told me that he lived on the 32nd floor. So this guy, out of shape, completely decided that his first step into getting in shape was to walk up 32 floors of stairs in order to lose weight. Clearly, that's going to be a lot to handle and way too much to start with. So start your journey slowly and don't rush this process. Like I've mentioned so many times already and will continue to preach. Now, this topic is about what you can do to improve a certain lift or exercise, but these same rules apply if you have a lagging body part that you have. You basically need to practice it more and do it more because you may just need to do more sets to grow it. And if you want to do more sets, then maybe you should try feeder workouts. This one I learned from Rich Piana. Yo, RIP to that great man. He was a crazy big guy who did these short workouts before bed. Feeder workouts are basically what I said about the lateral delt when I said I did them at night. They're just a way to get in more sets with whatever muscle you're trying to bring up. Usually this would include smaller muscles like arms or lateral delts or rear delts maybe. So for this you'd use a lightweight, maybe... <laughs> lightweight! <laughs> so for this you'd use a lightweight, maybe 5 or 10 pounds, and just do a high rep set. Rich Piana said he did something like, I don't know, 100 or 300 reps of biceps or triceps before bed. Three sets of 100 or something crazy like that. That's why the light weight is necessary here. Now you might not have to be this extreme, maybe doing a light weight of 30 reps to start and you should see some benefit if you do that on top of your regular training. Alright, getting back to what I did to improve a lagging body part. Like I said earlier, I'd be doing two a days before and I really just wanted to grow my lateral shoulders at the time. So during my nighttime sessions, I did up to 10 sets of lateral raises, just for fun basically, because I was mostly there to either train a client or just to hang out. You know, back in the day when I could just walk into the gym no matter what time of day it was? Thanks, Rona. Now there's lineups and crowd capacity limits, so I usually am only in the gym to lift or work. But anyways, doing 10 sets of those lateral raises 4-6 to six times a week really paid off because I remember my shoulders being bigger than usual after a few months. I should probably get back to doing something like this to be honest. So if you want to get better at an exercise, maybe that means lightening the weight for a few weeks and record yourself and see if you can actually improve your form on the exercise. Fix what you need to and practice it more often. Form is going to be more important than however much weight is on the bar, so work on that before anything else. And when your form is on point, practice it as much as you can. Question 2. What's the importance of fiber? 
Fiber is another important part of the diet when it comes to overall health, especially in the gut and regulation of your digestive system. You might have heard that it relieves things like constipation. Fiber has also been shown to reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease, reducing blood pressure, and could also lower your LDL cholesterol a little bit, and that's the bad cholesterol. A recent study actually showed that those who had a high fiber diet had a lower risk of developing type 2 diabetes, since fiber can improve your blood sugar along with lowering your blood pressure. I mentioned that it affects your digestive system, and it does so by reducing the time that waste spends inside your intestines, aka it helps with the excretion process. Now, this can help regulate weight loss by getting rid of excess waste. And an increase of fiber intake in your diet could lead to you being fuller for a longer amount of time, which helps when we're talking about weight loss because if you're full faster and longer, then that prevents you from possibly overeating. The effects of fiber will be greater for you if you're already a high-risk person in regards to heart disease or high blood pressure, or if you currently have high blood sugar levels, so it's a good first step to try to steer your health in the right direction. If you have something like diabetes, then it would be a great idea to increase your fiber intake, because like I said, it'll regulate your blood sugar levels along with increasing insulin. Even the small little change, like increasing your fiber intake a tiny bit, could decrease your risk of bowel cancer by up to 40%. And having fiber consistently anywhere in your diet is what's going to get you results not just increasing your fiber intake for a few days or weeks. This should be mainly a permanent change, but if you're eating properly, incorporating different foods, fruits and vegetables, you should be in a good spot when it comes to fiber intake. And that's why a healthy plate of food is so important, which I'll actually be covering on next week's episode, actually. So where do you get fiber from? Well, you don't get it from eating meat. Some foods that contain fiber include fruits and vegetables, oats, nuts, and whole grains, which could include brown rice, whole grain breads, and whole grain pasta. Ones that I eat specifically would be chia seeds, spinach, carrots, broccoli, avocado, berries, quinoa, and a whole list of fruits like bananas, apples, kiwis. A tip for those who slice the skin of their fruit, don't do it. That's where the most of the fiber intake is actually from if you're trying to increase your fiber intake by eating fruits. If you know me, I even keep the skin on the kiwi when I eat it because, you know, I'm hardcore like that. Another good source would be legumes or legumes. You can Google. (laughs) Sorry, I had to. You can Google exactly what that is if you don't know, but it includes some beans, peas, chickpeas, soybeans, peanuts, and lentils which I actually had the other day for the first time. So while I was writing the notes for this episode, I figured, you know what, let me try something new today. So I ended up getting some lentils along with some beans to incorporate into my dinner. It was actually pretty good, along with quinoa, broccoli, and chicken thighs. And those beans and lentils I added actually added an extra 10 or so grams of fiber. I don't know if I'll make it a regular thing, but I'll find a way to make it into my diet at least once a week or so. I figured I might as well take some extra time trying some new foods, since we're still mostly stuck at home. The best strategy here if you're looking to increase your fiber intake is to do it slowly. If you're currently eating less than 10 grams of fiber, which every food tracking app should be keeping track of, 
don't shoot for something like 35 grams right away if it's too big of a jump. Get to 15 grams consistently, then try 20 grams for a week, then maybe after a month or so, you're regularly eating 25 grams of fiber weekly, which should have already started to benefit your health and probably your body composition as well. So there are insoluble and soluble fibers, but at the end of the day, the recommended amount, I believe, is 25 grams for females and a little bit over 35 grams for males. And if you're over the age of 50, then it's a little bit less than those guidelines. Most people are going to be lacking fiber, so don't feel bad if you're not eating an adequate amount currently. But if you're going to increase your fiber intake, you're better off doing it by eating whole foods and fruits as opposed to just buying some kind of fiber supplement powder off the shelf. If you're going to start tracking your fiber, don't forget that you can also overdo it in this department, and that could lead to some bloating or too much gas or even diarrhea. Water is always important, but if you're going to increase your fiber intake, then it becomes even more important to help regulate your digestion and get that fiber out of your body. Insoluble fiber does not dissolve in water, while soluble fibers do, and they can also be used for the good bacteria in your gut. Speaking about gut bacteria, increasing the good bacteria in your gut, that could increase your immune function along with reducing all kinds of inflammation within the body. Usually when I recommend getting fiber into your diet, I don't really focus too much on the insoluble or soluble fiber because most foods that have fiber will contain a bit of both. And unless you're seriously dieting down for a bodybuilding show or something, I don't think that'll be that big of a deal. So in previous episodes, I've mentioned that having protein in your diet could lead to weight loss because eating and consuming protein will give you that feeling of satiety or actually feeling fuller after you eat your meals. Well, fiber has a similar effect. It also gives you a sense of satiety, which I briefly mentioned, and could result to you eating less calories because of that full effect you get. Fiber plays a role in regulating your hormones in regards to appetite control as well. Maybe I'll dive deeper into that hormone, which is ghrelin, one day. So fiber is going to be a great ingredient in order to help you maintain a healthy body weight and ultimately a healthy lifestyle. And that concludes episode 9 of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just Again, search thanks Lift for listening. And, Learn Podcast. and be sure to tune in next week with another episode where I'll be talking about how to lose body fat in your ab area. So I'll go over certain strategies or what you can do and some exercises that you could do. And I'll be going over what a healthy plate of food looks like as well. So you don't want to miss my monumental 10th episode of the podcast.